Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ culture and the church. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined here in the Where We Land studio with my co-host, Stephen. Hello, everyone. And today we're joined with our wives. Hello, ladies. Hi there. Well, well, today we're talking about communication and really points of good communication. So we hope you'll join us and stick around for the full discussion ahead. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we're having a conversation about good communication. And uh, we're going to be setting a lot of the conversation that we're going to have today on the podcast uh, in the context of marriage. But um, I'm sure you would agree that um, a lot of these principles of good communication that we're going to talk about today uh, can really be applied in any relationship setting. But we're so glad as we're kind of talking about communication today, we thought what a great way to do it by bringing on our wives to the podcast. So uh, ladies, uh, you are new to our listeners, and I'm sure they've heard us talk about you quite a bit on different episodes, um, but I don't think they've ever had a chance to really get to know you. So so Emily, why don't, why don't we start with you? Uh, why don't you share who you are and uh, a little bit about your story? Okay, so my name's Emily. I'm married to Steven. Yes. And... <laughs> I'm really nervous because these guys have been doing this for a minute, well, longer than a minute. And we're just coming in like, uh, there's a mic in my face, <laughs> headphones on my ears. Am I yelling? Yeah, set up this morning was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're scared, okay. Also, everything we're saying is staying on, on, on air, like, for forever. Okay, so how me and Stephen met. I was born and raised in California. Stephen was born and raised in Virginia. And we met at a school in California, and yeah, we met our freshman year, and what'd you say? The rest was history? The rest was history. (laughs) Look at us now. We started dating our freshman year. Yeah, we started dating our freshman year. And you knew that you were going to marry me on our first date, but I didn't, and so it took me a lot longer to come around to it. Same with us. I was like, Mm -hmm. I am not scared of this getaway. It took me a lot longer to come around than the first date, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was ready to go, though. (laughs) Commitment issues. Interesting. Actually, your story is kind of similar to our story. I I don't think I realized that, because that was the same thing with us. We went on a blind date. I saw him, and I was like... That is a good smile. I like that guy. <laughs> and then he took—he t- only took one more date. I mean, so it wasn't a long time, but <laughs> no. So, but, you, but so you and Stephen dated all through college, didn't you? Uh, we broke up once um, our freshman summer, which it was really a good thing. Like normally, people are, normally people focus on like how breakups are always negative. For us, it was a positive because it kind of helped me. Brought you to your commitment it issues. It me back to where what was going on <laughs> in the relationship. <laughs> and it showed me like, oh, okay, there's nothing wrong with her. You actually just need to get through some things in your own life. And then we were actually able to come back stronger. And when we came back, mm. it was one of those situations where when we were talking, uh, since we're talking about communication, when we started the process of like reconciling and the process of getting back together, we had a very like long sit down conversation where we communicated basically, hey, we're not saying that we have to get married, but what we are saying is that if we get back together, our goal is we're getting married. And unless something like drastic happens, we're marrying. And so it was it was it was kind of an odd like when we committed back to one another, it was a very, very high level of expectation and commitment that we hmm. had because we had already been together. So we knew each other. And it was like, there's no use to do this again if we're not like 
all the way in. And so that was really helpful because for me, that solidified like, okay, well, I was able to pray through it better and think through it better of like, is this like the person that I really do want to marry? And the answer was yes. So it was like, well, then why wouldn't I, you know? Huh. And so it was really helpful for us. Well, I kind of, they had a thing at the school we went to, it's called College Days. So I brought my little sister and this is why we were still broken up, but like trying to be friends, ridiculous. Um, so I get there and it was the last day. And I remember we were sitting in this gazebo and I looked at him, I was like, listen, I don't want to be friends with you. Either we're going to be more than friends or we're going to be nothing. So when I leave here, <laughs> wow. we're either together or we're not together. And he was like, well, give me some time. <laughs> I was like, you have like 10 minutes. Not really, but it was basically you an ultimatum. put the pressure on him. Yes. And okay. I, I learned then, oh, so I actually need to communicate like my feelings. Because before I was trying to, oh, you know, let me try and make him happy like Oh, if I make him happy, like without telling him how I felt, I wasn't okay with being just friends. Sure. Um, so after we had that communication, we were both, oh, so this is what Paige run. Okay, we can go from here. Very neat. So I, I know a lot of the listeners have had a long time to get to know Steven and does a lot of the things that he personally enjoys. Help help our listeners get to know you a little better. What, what, what are some things you're passionate about, things you love? Well, I am a preschool educator and I teach two-year-olds. And it is wonderful. I love what I do. I um, I love pizza. It's my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> this is kind of stressful. You well, no, like, <laughs> like she will literally eat pizza for like good all pizza. three meals. Same like, good pizza. It has she would eat pizza. Like, I mean, I can eat time. a frozen pizza, but I prefer that it's like a legit like pizza, quality pizza. Yeah, and yeah. She, yeah. she's very, very stingy on how she rates her pizza. Stingy. Like she will be like, oh well. No, like that pizza, I know it tastes amazing, but it had like three too many droplets of grease on the top, you know? And so it's like oh, very, like she's so very, good. very stingy. No, 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 no. We just went to Joe Good Pies, whatever that place is called. And the pizza was amazing. It, it was good. Yeah. The <laughs> grease was dripping. It was good. It was just it on was your piece. <laughs> uh, well, but you need it. But you're, you're a connoisseur I'm all about of good grease. pizza. See, we're communicating here this morning. Yeah. It's communicating how we feel. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else. They no, would, that's good. What else? That's what, good. what else is needed? You have you have a you your your guys are both very involved in the church here, and uh, spend a lot of time with students. Yeah, and uh, have a have a big heart for that. Jessica, what about you? I am Jessica. I am married to Aaron Mansfield. Um, I uh, kind of similar story, I guess, as far as how we met. We met on a blind date my freshman year of college, his sophomore, and. Um, and like I had mentioned, you know, I was all in on that first date, but I'm a very, you know, quiet, reserved person. He was like, who is this gal? You know, what? Well, just to be fair, the the blind date that we got set up on was a double date. It was double a double date. date. Yeah. And so, Ooh, is that so all, already to start with, we didn't sit across from us, from one another. We were beside one another. Oh, that's So we were facing our friends. We were talking to our friends. And the whole conversation was like us and our friends, not hardly anything about me and her so i feel like yeah. we never got to hardly talk that night was it a blind double date like were they on a blind date no, 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 no. 
no, no, they no. had been dating. Yeah. Okay, he was one of my okay. best friends okay. and, and my roommate. And her roommate. Okay. So they were the ones that set us up. So you all were just focused on that. But the thing was, we never got to talk together. And so yeah. I left and I told my friend Dave, I was like, dude, she's a really cute girl, but like she does not talk. And like we Aww, didn't really, yes. we didn't, I mean, I was like, dude, I just don't, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't think it's there. He's like, come on, man, give her, give her one more chance, Thank one more chance. You did. And so we did. I, we went out for ice cream, I remember, yeah. mm-hmm. a night after a, a thing. But it was still with a group, but then it, you know, allowed we could break right. off. You were just more talk. intentional. Yeah. Well, the yeah. group all broke off into couples. So then we like broke yeah. off so into we a couple. So we were kind of stuck together. And then like, <laughs> dude, it was like, you know, sparks flew and it was yep. like, okay, this is the girl. I remember getting her number that night and going back to my dorm with, with my friend Dave. Yeah. And I was looking at him. I was like, dude, I'm going to marry that girl. He's like, bro, oh. wait, you just said, like, take some time with this. I was like, like, no, she's the one. I know it. Aww. I know right now. And sure enough, like four years later, mm-hmm. we got married. Yep. And uh, then within four months after that, we were uh, up here. We moved up here, yeah. To Catawba mm-hmm. for the church. So, Jessica, w- just help the listeners get to know you, some of the things you love, you're passionate about. And, um, and what do you do? Um, yep. I work I work as like a account manager for a, an insurance company in town. And I work from home right now, which is great because um, we've got a almost one-year-old daughter. Um, and what I love, I love reading, even though I don't do as much of it as I should. I love music. Um, I do also love pizza, you know, yeah. and I would also eat it for every meal. When we went on our honeymoon, we went to New York City and probably ate, ate it every day. <laughs> ate it at least <laughs> well, every day. Especially in New York. Multiple times a day. Yeah. So yeah. that was like our, we just did a pizza tour of the city, basically. Did you get like uh, the, like the super back alley, like places? All of them. Yes. All of them. Yes. You have to have like the, Both. you know, the touristy yes. places yeah. and, and then the artsy places and then the, you know, <gasps> That sounds wonderful. Hole in the wall places. You got to cover it all. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. in New York, it's all amazing. So, well, yeah, it is. We're really excited to have you guys both on the podcast today because I feel like we're going to have just some real honest conversation and we're going to be talking about uh, really keys really almost rules if you want to think about that way of good communication. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to, we're spending the majority of our time in Ephesians chapter four, uh, kind of unpacking what the Bible is giving there about communication. And it's interesting to me that the passage we're going to look at really is not set within the context of marriage. It's actually set within the context of the body of Christ within the church. So so everything we discussed today should be very relevant uh, for you, but I think it's going to be interesting because we're going to apply it specifically within marriage and work through it uh, from within each of our own marriages. Uh, so just you could kind of hear a little bit of the, the good and the bad, right? I mean, uh, kind of how we've worked through uh, some of this and are continuing to work through some of this. And uh, so let me begin before we even just dive into a conversation on communication and some points of good communication. What do you guys think are some really common pitfalls within communication? Well, I think one might be the fact that too often we are very quick um, to try and communicate when sometimes maybe we should wait a little bit, you know? Mm. Uh, I think James 1 comes to mind where Mm. it says to be uh, slow to speak, slow to wrath, uh, but quick to hear, right? And, um, too often I know for me personally, something that I've struggled with before is just having that, um, quick reaction, you know, like always having something to say when sometimes we don't really need something to say, you know, we can be slow to hear or quick to hear, and we can be that slow to speak, um, mentality. 
And generally that fixes uh, <laughs> more communication problems than I would like to admit whenever I just apply that small little principle. So I think a pitfall for me would be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not thinking before you speak. Girls, what about you guys? I think um, a lot of times I forget that Stephen is for me and that he's not against me. Hmm. And that will, when I remember that my husband is for me, I'm not going to be so quick to defend myself and to speak so quickly. I'm going to remember, hey, he loves me. He's for me. We're not against each other. We're in this together. Right. So why don't I just take a, take a breath, relax, let me hear his peace, you know, let me hear his side. It's easy in marriage to get on the defensive pretty oh, quickly, yeah. right? I mean, especially if, yep. if the person starts with like criticism or mm -hmm. accusation or question, you know, in instantly, I think our natural human tendency is to kind of go to the defensive end. And then instantly we set ourselves against that person, which yeah. like what you're saying within the context of marriage, I mean, you're for each other, like should be for each other. Yeah. Right. So Jessica, what about you? Um, I think for me, it's knowing what you need or what you're thinking and being able to know yourself because if you don't know that you're not going to be able to communicate clearly so so take that time to okay what actually is the problem here what am i feeling here and and you know that way you can actually share it with that person i think a lot of times or at least for me personally you know I, i'm having i'm struggling figuring out what i'm thinking about this or like what what is the feeling i'm going through and so then i'm just lashing out or you know whether it's you or a friend or anything you know i i'm not knowing what i'm going through i have to process it so that i can communicate it clearly yeah that's good that's good you know one that I, one that comes to my mind is that people don't listen do, do you guys ever get accused of that in your marriage? Yeah, that was my second one that <laughs> I was going to put. I know Jessica does me that quite often. She's like, you're just not listening. You're not yeah. listening. Hearing without listening. There's a difference versus yeah. yeah. like, no, hearing and listening. Yeah. But, so, but so what do you guys mean by that? Because probably you guys say it to us more often than Stephen and I might say it to you. You guys are both really great listeners. I would say that too. I don't know. Well, I have my yeah, I know for Jessica. And yes. I think for Emily. Yeah. Emily is very intentional in how yeah. she listens. Well, you and guys I think are it's definitely important because I mean you're not and again you're not going to be able to communicate if you're not taking in both sides of the mm -hmm. conversation. Right. And I think so many times people are just hearing or they're lis they're listening to respond not to actually understand. And and that is so important is is because you're building that trust with that person in every conversation from the beginning, you're building trust that, oh, I am listening to you and I'm going to make an effort. Mm -hmm. And and when you are just listening to hearing to respond or you're dismissing them, you're breaking down that trust at every point so that those good. big conversations aren't going to be easy. You yeah. know? Yeah. No, that's good. That a so anything else? Yeah. What, what other, any other breakdowns in good communication before we, bad communication before we talk about good communication? Nah. All right. Well, I, mean, I, I would yeah. have one last one. I sure. think sometimes it's the lack thereof of communication. Um, just missing I, it. I know, just like not I know talking. that that is like maybe not necessarily. I think that, that I would put that under a pitfall. Um, well, it's like a silent treatment. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's that, but it's also the just we're living in a day and age where communication is very different. Um, generally, you're communicating through a device in our modern mm -hmm. culture. Um, and the coming generations are very, very uneasy and uncertain when it comes to face-to-face -face interactions. And that's just how it is. Um, I know like working with students, like 
and even our generation was is kind of in on it but we're a weird hybrid like weird mix but a lot of times communication can happen just for from or communication pitfalls can happen just from the lack of communication mm-hmm. and so uh, when i come home like Emily, for instance, will generally want to know about my day. She's going to want to know what I did, how I am, how is all this. And if I'm not careful, I'm the type of person who, um, when I come home, I don't really want to communicate because I've communicated all day, right? Like your job and my job, we literally communicate to people from the time we begin to the time till forever, you know, because it never really ends. Which and is so, fine if you don't want to communicate, just communicate that. But I do, exactly. And that's where I was getting Let was, a girl know that's you where don't I was getting talk. was, and when we first got married and we started out here, I wouldn't communicate to her, hey, I need a few minutes of space. And so that lack of communication would end up creating a pitfall or a breakdown. And then it would take us like a lot of communicating to get out of that. When all I had to do was just communicate a simple little. Yes. No, I agree with that because I would think just from practically Jessica and I's position, like there's been a lot of moments where either one of us is ready and wanting to communicate Mm -hmm. about something. And the other one has either just had like a really stressful day or there's been a lot of like pressure of different things. And, and, And we're more in the mode of just like, and I think we both have been in that position. Yeah. And we both have versa. jobs where we do have to talk to people all day, you right. know, and I think that is a difference, right. um, no, you know, because you're just either talked out or you're exhausted at the end of the day. You need to decompress for a little bit. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so, so an idea that I actually received from a, a, guy, a pastor guy over at a camp that we were at just recently, because um, I work with two year olds all day. Like I'm constantly having to serve, constantly having to speak all day long. So he he gave us the idea of why not stay in your car for 10 minutes? Like Mm -hmm. when you get home, stay in your car for 10 minutes, decompress, pray, whatever it is you need to do, meditate, whatever. And then when that way, when you walk into your house, you're home. You're Mm -hmm. no longer where you were that day, but you're home. And that's just like a practical tip. I don't think you have to do that every day. I think you should be able to look at your husband or, or wife and say, Right now, I just need 10 minutes of being in my home and it being okay for me to not talk. Sure. Like, yeah. I think that that needs to be okay. But being able to say that <clears throat> and communicate yeah. that. Yeah. So so a lot of it breaks down. I mean, you know, oftentimes when I'm working with couples in marriage counseling, one of the, one of the areas of, of counseling that we spend a lot of time on is actually communication. Because I feel like within marriage, uh, a lot rides and falls on this. Uh, being able to have, uh, you know, good communication with one another. So um, let's jump into Ephesians 4 here. We're going to look at verses 25 through 32. And once again, this is set within the broader context uh, than just simply marriage, right? This is set actually within uh, the body of Christ. Paul had just been talking about in the earlier part of Ephesians about the church being built up together in love. And now he kind of segues as 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 a church is going to build up together in love. Uh, the way that they do that is by really communicating well uh, with those within the body of Christ. And I think so. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to pull out from here as we've kind of looked through it, kind of four really key principles of good communication uh, that we see in this passage. And then we're going to not just talk about the principle, but we're going to talk about kind of the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of kind of how we've worked through that uh, within our own marriage, right? So let me start with the first one, and then some of you guys might pick up on the others. Uh, Verse 25, let me read the verse. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, 
for we are members one of another. And so here's really the first key of good communication is really just stop lying and start telling the truth. So when you guys hear that, like, what does that mean for you? How are you doing today? I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Baloney. Right, right. I mean, that's true. Sure, it's true. Like that. Like I was um, the facade. I was talking to we. We always talk to our church. Both of us do about that, and it's just like you come to church and you put on this fake face all the time, and you're like, "Oh, I'm fine." But we also do that in marriage and in family Mm -hmm. relations as well, where we try and shut out the people who can help us the most. And I always talk to teenagers when I'm counseling them. That's one of the big things that we talk about. Is like. You have people that are living in your house called your parents who literally pay for everything you have and take care of you. And they would be there 24 seven for you, but you never reach out to them. Like you never communicate. (laughs) So how can you expect them to help if you aren't communicating, you know, and not truthful and not truthful. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cause too often we, we, a lot of times we're very good as Christians about not necessarily out some, sometimes we do, but not always outright lying. Like we're, we're really good at not being outright like falsehoods. Like I own a pink car when it's really yellow, you know, like we're really good about not like making true lie, uh, true, like falsehoods, but we're really good at covering the truth or leaving out part of the truth. And these like what our culture would call them as little white lies, but in reality, they're still just the same amount of falsehood. Sure. It's just in a different package. Yeah, that's good. Girls, what about you guys? Um, I think another thing is setting expectations, because I think that can, you know, kind of fall into that half lie, you know, or diminishing, you know, your own wants and needs. And and if, if you're clear about those expectations up front, you know, then you're not you're not going to be disappointed and you're giving that other person the chance to meet them. Um, but I think that's one area where a, a lot of us, whether it's in any kind of relationship, you know, mm. we aren't clear about what we're expecting or what we need from it. And so, you know, it is a form of of lying, and then you're just letting that relationship break down because someone didn't know about it. Yeah, no, know? that's good. Because I think about what Solomon says in the Old Testament, he talks about desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. And so when there are unmet expectations within a relationship, within a marriage, like that instantly creates breakdown where you're you're really basing your attitude of how you're coming into things from really a lying perspective or just not a full truth perspective than really like laying things out there. I, I think what you said, Emily is actually really, uh, I mean, that happens so often, like people put up the defense mechanism and say, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm fine. Or, um, you know, I mean, that happens in marriage too, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, like how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. We're good. I mean, yeah. I could look at Steven yeah. and the second he says that I, I read, I can read him. Yeah. I mean, we, You've been together been long enough together to know. Five it, years. Wor- it worked out in like the first six months, but <laughs> yeah, now, it now it doesn't work because you can literally you. just read all the tells, like yeah. the face, so the posture, all like, of it. And, okay. So how are you really doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, you know, and then we'll go into it. Something that I, I struggle with when it comes to being honest about how I feel or whatever is I expect Steven to read my mind. And I expect him to be able to read my body language if I'm, you know, slamming a door a little bit harder or if I'm crashing a dish in a different way. I expect (laughs) him to say, oh, well, she must need help with the dishes or, oh, you know, something must be wrong. And Stephen's thinking, man, the dish dropped. (laughs) Sometimes I'll pick it up, but a lot of times it's not. (laughs) Sometimes I will pick it up, but a lot of times it's just like. But I think honesty comes in by me 
saying, hey, babe, right now, could you come and help me? Laying out those clear expectations. Yeah. Can you come and help me with the dishes? Yeah. You it's, know? Ve- it's veiled Being falsehood. honest about what you need yeah. and what you want. And that that's going to relieve you of a whole bunch of stress later on in mm-hmm. the evening when I look at you and I'm just like, oh, you, you just weren't helping me at all today? Like you're just completely oblivious? <laughs> Which how, never how happens. How is that fair? That never, never happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I think part of this point with good communication here on Stop Line and Start Telling the Truth really is no one is helped in the relationship if somebody in both mm-hmm. parties are not honest. Mm-hmm. If, if, if both parties are not honest, nobody can be helped. Nobody can be helped. And I think it, it does help probably within like the context of a marriage or a close friendship. Like the longer you've lived life with that person, the more that you know them. And so you maybe can more easily pick up on when they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know there's been numerous moments in our marriage where like, you know, Jessica will ask me like, hey, what do you, you know, how are you feeling about that? And I just, I'll be like, I don't want to talk about it. Well, that's, yeah. that helps no you one right up, now. Yeah. That helps no one. And, um, and so I, I think that's a really good point. So, so we need to really be honest, put away falsehood, speak truth with our neighbor. And then in verses 26 and 27, we see uh, uh, really another principle that we po- pulled, pulled out uh, from the passage. Stephen, what's that one? Yeah, so the second principle is going to be keep it current. And I'll go ahead and read the verse, or the two verses, and then we can discuss them. Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You've probably heard a message on that, by the way, <laughs> at some point in your life if you grew up in church. <laughs> verse 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. So guys, what are we looking at here? Because I want to preface this with like kind of an idea that I've heard and I want to get your all's opinions on it. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that you've heard this before if you've grown up in church, but you've probably heard the idea of you should never let a day go by where you leave something un- undone or in like a communication sense, not tied off. Unresolved. Or don't Unresolved. go to bed yeah. angry. That's don't what go I to always heard. Yeah. That's and the cliche. So is that actually helpful and if not, why not? Give us like an example of why it would not be helpful. And Absolutely we'll get to the meaning here. Not helpful. Okay. Bad <laughs> so why? So why? Well, and, and you know, maybe, maybe some people want to do that. You do you. But I know, you know, because we were texting a little bit about this beforehand because of that verse specifically in that little cliche, do not go to bed angry. And I remember, you know, even family members mm-hmm. telling me that that was their marriage advice in our guest yeah. book. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sure, you can try that. But, you know, everybody is different. And I am someone who when especially if things are heated and we are in the moment, you know, I I take so long to process mm-hmm. things. And we are all so different in how we argue, how we process, you know, and I take so long There are times when, you know, if we start talking about something, you know, and maybe it's a normal conversation at seven o'clock and then where things are starting to ramp up and eight or nine (laughs) o'clock, it's it's getting intense. You know, I have to process that. And I need to, like I was saying at the beginning, I need to figure out what's going on and how I'm feeling about it. And and at that point, you're exhausted. You're Mm -hmm. already emotions are high intense. And and I'm not going to be able to do that. I mean, yeah. unless I mean, because you're just getting more and t- more tired, you're getting more, you know, at arms with each other. Right. And and sometimes right. it's good to just, hey, let's take this break. We really need to calm down and and figure out what's actually going on, because some there is a breakdown somewhere in our communication that yeah. we aren't, you know, we aren't getting it. Yeah. And I think that's that whether it's, you know, you have an appointment you have to go to and you have to pause 
or you're choosing to step away. Either way, you know, that's a healthy option for you guys. No, that's good because I would agree, Stephen. I think there's there's a hint of truth in that, but I don't think it's full truth. So I think it's a good like, hey, you know, adage like, hey, don't go to bed angry with your spouse, like work to resolve things every day. Because I think within this passage, the whole emphasis is on forgiveness, right? So the emphasis mm-hmm. of the Christian should be a Christian should be a person that is full of forgiveness, not anger and resentment. However, I think it's wrong to like set that as a, cause you're, what you do is you, you're saying what the Bible's not saying. The Bible says, do not be angry, be angry and do not sin. And then it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, right? So I think it all depends on like the context and and the setting, because I know there has been, like Jessica just said, there has been moments in our marriage where either we're discussing something that in the moment we do not have ample time to give it the attention, the concern that it deserves. And so it would be wrong for us because it's not just at nighttime, right? I mean, it could Mm -hmm. be, it could be before you go into a meeting or an appointment or or something happens, you know, like we we don't have time in that moment to work out that situation. Um, Or sometimes at night, like, you know, sometimes people are exhausted. I know there's been moments where in my crisis counseling uh, with families, sometimes I've, I've gone over to a house, you know, late at night and they call me to, you know, to come meet and talk through some things. And, and before long, you know, it's 1230, one o'clock and everybody's still ramped up. And, and honestly, the, the advice I've given at those moments has been like, Hey, I think we need to just pause, push the pause button tonight. Uh, everybody go to sleep, get some rest. Let's come back at this mm-hmm. tomorrow and let's really work through it. What I think I see here in, in Ephesians four is the whole attitude of keeping it current yes. because what, what, what Paul's really arguing is, is that when you let the sun go down on your anger when you do that you're giving opportunity for the to the devil right so there's a there's something there there's a danger there that you need to be aware of but that's not just like the 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 phrase what was the phrase that was the phrase you said go to bed angry yeah don't go to bed angry angry. like that that's not bible i don't see that there it's not even in the language actually like a better a better rendering (laughs) (laughs) a better rendering of that phrase would actually be don't let the sun set upon your anger. Yeah. The phrase is not directed at the day. It's directed at your anger. anger. So right. the the idea of the sun setting is used all throughout the Bible as a idea of completion. And so basically don't let your anger go unchecked. Don't mm-hmm. let it go untaken care of because even in context, you're going to read in just a little bit about bitterness. So where do things lead when they go unchecked? Well, it can lead into bitterness and this root of bitterness growing up Hebrews would say. So like the idea is not upon the time of day, right? It's upon what you're saying, keeping it current and not letting something go unchecked. Cause and that, oh, go ahead. that verse 27, when I was reading, cause I like to read the amplified Bible a lot and, and it says, and do not give the devil an opportunity to leave you into sin by holding a grudge, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. And I think that's the importance of when you agree to pause, you're truly pausing and you're letting it breathe. You're Mm -hmm. not laying there in bed, fuming over it. And yeah, and and coming up with your argument, like you're actually stepping back from it. Because I'll just, I'll just be truly honest on the podcast here. Like there has only been maybe a few times in our marriage that we've been married eight years that I can actually remember going to bed like angry. 
Like, and that's just for me. Maybe Jessica has a whole bunch more. <laughs> different levels. <laughs> of Jessica's like, <laughs> I don't think you're literally I'll hundreds. Just, I'll just tell you, like, look, when, when her and, and that's I, a point of communication. <laughs> sure. What are levels of when, when when I think he's angry and when he's not? <laughs> so I'm just speaking for me here. Like, when when Jessica and I are not okay, like when there's an unresolved like communication breakdown, that tears me up. Like I can't function. Like she knows this. Like I. I literally can't function, right? Like it, it just, it's unresolved. It's something needs to be dealt with. I, I, I want to get to a resolution. And so I'm probably the one often that wants to push further in us, like working this through without realizing that like, oh, you guys are smiling. You He's winking at me. That's literally the roles that okay. we play in our without, marriage. Without realizing that, hey, you know, she needs some time. But I'll just say there is, there is a complete difference for me in the moments in our relationship where late at night we've had a had a you know disagreement about something and we said and there we have said this numerous times where we have said hey we're going to talk about this tomorrow or we we have a busy week we're going to talk about this on saturday mm-hmm. when we ha- have time together sometimes we've said man like we're at just a different place on this and so we're going to stop and pick this up like 6 months from now because like, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it, doesn't it truly matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no resentment in my heart towards her. It's just like we got a difference of opinion regarding this. And we're not going to move forward until we have unity and peace in our relationship of how we're going to go about that. But that required you all communicating mm-hmm. to get to that so, point. No, Cause I'm, there's sure. different levels of taking care no, of it. That's what I'm saying. So those moments are different. I sleep different at night in mm-hmm. those moments than the moment. When you know when, that you're going to talk about it later. I, then I, in the moments when I'm living in resentment yeah. or <laughs> anger, you know, and I'm just saying like, so, so biblically, you know, the whole point is, Hey, keep it current. Like if you got, if you got, if you got, breakdown in communication if there's a something going on like work to resolve that and take active steps in that Uh, because here's the thing the longer you bottle up and do not say anything what's happening is that's turning into resentment and whether you want to call it being disengaged or disconnected or withdrawn like your attitude in that is leading you in resentment. It's it's leading you deeper sure. in bitterness, right? Which makes it more challenging to then actually work through it because now you have unforgiveness in your heart, mm-hmm. right? So 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 we need to stop lying, start telling the truth. We need to keep it current. Uh, Emily, you want to take our third one? Uh, sure. Is that verse twenty nine and thirty? Yeah. So attack the problem, not your spouse. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And then verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, mm. so I mean, we could say attack the problem, not the spouse, or in, in any setting, right, attack the problem, not the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that look like when a person attacks the person, not the problem? Well, we've um, been reading uh, a book together by um, Paul Tripp. Um, What did you expect? It's a marriage book. We've been reading that together. Emily and I have. And um, one of the things he says in there is to use times. He calls them opportunities for ministry. And the way that he uh, defines that is when your spouse is sinning, or doing something that's rubbing you the wrong way, use that as an opportunity to minister to them and not reject them or attack them. Mm-hmm. And too often I think that we, I do at least, like when Emily is struggling, and I think you would say this too, like if I'm struggling with something and we're rubbing each other the wrong way by doing something that is personally, we're doing wrong, we can too often attack one another or reject one another instead of focusing in on the fact of, 
what you're doing is not you. You have a problem right now, and this is an opportunity for me to minister to you. So I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to minister to you, serve you, and seek to attack that sin problem mm-hmm. instead of attacking you. Um, and too often we can attack one another um, instead of focusing in on the fact of, oh, you've had a bad day. Right. You're you're not walking in the spirit right now. You're you're walking in the flesh. Okay. I do it too. <laughs> and attacking that problem uh, in a service way, in a ministry way, in a loving way, instead of just rejection. Um, because too often that's what we do is we're just like, well, you're going to be that way. I'm going to be this way. Talk to the hand, you know? Mm. And, um, so for me, that's been something that I've noticed in our marriage, um, a way to put this principle into application. Yeah, that's good. What about, what about one of you girls? Anything there? Um, so I've been going through this book. It's called, I have it in later for resources. I can't remember the name of it. It's about praying for your husband, though. Um, She said the best bit of advice that she's ever gotten when it came to communication is to just shut up. And I was like, well, I don't like that. (laughs) She said, shut up. Talk to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this is a novel idea. And so I just barely started reading this book, okay? We're five years into it. I'm actually starting to use this little technique, if that's what you want to call it. And it's been helpful. Just to, I don't know if you've realized that I've been using this past couple of days. <laughs> He's looking at me like, you're lying. <laughs> no. But I'm just like learning, oh, sometimes I'm too quick to speak. And then I miss out on what he actually has to say because I'm the one who, the second that I'm rubbed the wrong way, my fire gets lit and I've got to tell you exactly how I feel about what I feel in that moment. Right. But if, if I would just be quiet and hear what you have to say, your words could probably, you know, douse water on that fire. And I could just be like, oh, well, I see your point of view. Well, and vice and versa. Good. I think that's James 1. That's what James was after was like be quick to hear yeah. instead of quick right. to speak. Right. And so I think too often – I know I do that too. So I think that that's a two-way street there yeah. of learning how to do that in your marriage. And so when you good. learn to be quiet, you're less likely to attack the person. You're more likely to attack – the problem mm-hmm. yeah. in that time. Yeah, Jessica, get, did you have anything? I did not. I thought it was pretty straightforward. I I would just say like within our marriage, like neither Jessica and I, I looking back, like we, we, I don't think we've ever been like real critical really to the other person, like to like cut them down. But I do know, like when I look at this first and I think about our marriage, like, there's been a number of times like where either I'm talking to her about something that's going on just outside of our marriage, like not not with with both of us, but like something that's going on uh, that uh, that that I'm working through and I'll talk to her about it. And when I talk about things that I'm like really passionate with, I get real intense. Like it's just I'm, I'm passionate about it. And I know like sometimes my passion that I've like talked through the situation with and Jessica hears that. And she said to me, she's like, man, why are you upset at me about this? And I said, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've had to learn, like, I'm not upset. At, like <laughs> there's been moments where I've been, baby, I'm not upset at you at all. Like, like this has nothing to do with mm-hmm. you, you know, but this, like the level of like frustration or, or whatever in the moment that, that I'm talking through a situation to her, I I feel like we we've had to help one another in 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 addressing like the problem and her realizing you know 
and we're, we're, we're not against one another here. I know like unrelated to that, there's been moments where we've, one of us has been talking about something and we've said to the other person, we've literally said like, I'm not against you here, yep. you know? We've and and it's like, and it's moments like that where it's like, Oh, oh yeah, okay. you're not against me here. Like you're, you love me. You do love me. Like, <laughs> but 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 the other person is hearing something or or seeing mm-hmm. something or feeling something that the other one uh, doesn't yet, yeah. right? And That's, so we feel mm-hmm. at odds because of that. What were you gonna say? I, I was listening. I was listening to another podcast yeah. <laughs> the other day, and they were talking about communication and and he was talking about when those hot topics come up or you know concerns like how you're addressing them, and and he was sharing a little tool a therapist had. Given him and and I thought it was so important. His his example was you know he gives a little um, acronym and and first you're going to mirror you know you kind of talk back what they say and and you're going to clarify it um, because it's so important because sometimes you're hearing something that they're not saying you know he gave an example of like you know his wife asks him to take out the trash he hadn't done it yet and and you know and and she's saying hey I need you to take out the trash like. Let's do this. And and he, he was like, it's so important to clarify that because, you know, then I'm talking back and I, I say, OK, well, here's what I'm hearing. I didn't take out the trash, so I'm the worst husband in the world. And, and she's like, no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> and and that clarification is so important because those right. people are picking up on these, you know, these things that you're not saying, mm-hmm. but their spirit is taking it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I th- that was so helpful because so I, I think I do that so many times. You know, I project all these, oh, my gosh, he hates me yes. or, oh, I'm like, oh, I've he, messed he, up. Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. yeah. And I, I do that all the time. So I felt like that little point of you have to repeat it back, mirror it and clarify it mm-hmm. of what what you're right. hearing from them. But I feel like in that I've had to learn that, too, is like, hey, I need to be a little bit more graceful or mm-hmm. patient or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really make it clear to her, like, babe, this is nothing with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need your help here. And, and the reason knowing I'm, the person you're communicating with, yeah. too, you know, and yeah. how they pick up on things. So let's just jump into the next one. I think that's a good segue into the final point, verse 31 and verse 32. Jessica, you want to read that for us? Um, all right. So the fourth point is be proactive, not reactive. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So when you guys read that verse and thinking about being proactive, not reactive, um, could we do this? Why don't we just all like interject here, maybe a couple things. And since you guys have been married, I, I know Jessica and I, we've been married a little over eight years. You guys have been married. Was it? five or six years five and a half five in and a half near the middle <laughs> and so you know we're, but since being married like what are like a couple practical things that you have implemented into your relationship maybe together as a couple or for sure personally that you've been proactive in that have really opened up good lines of communication well going back to that other point where it's uh, keep it current that's being very proactive because if I'm keeping it current of today, hey, you didn't put the clothes in the hamper and it really bothered me, I could totally hang on to that for a couple of days. And and then the next time that he does something else that's small, it builds up to that. And the next time he does something else that's small, it builds up. And then finally on Friday, I just explode. Well, now I've let bitterness, wrath, anger, and all these other things build up in my heart and I take it out on him. 
this has never happened, by the way. <laughs> I take it out on him. And when really I could have been proactive in the day he didn't put the clothes in the hamper, which this doesn't super bother me, but it's fine. The day he didn't put the clothes in the hamper. But does it really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm well, just, just it joking. used to bother me. <laughs> I'm just it joking. I'm just joking. Aaron calls it was, me out. It was one of those keeping us honest things, right? No, I'm just kidding. Well, the toothpaste mostly bothers me. <laughs> just bring it back to the top. Um, so, but just something small like that, I can totally, me, be more proactive and say, hey, can you just make sure you put the clothes in the hamper? Can you make sure you squeeze the toothpaste all the way up to the top so it's ready and clean and nice? Um so I think that that's a super simple thing, but it's those tiny things in marriage when you're living with somebody day in, day out, you're sharing a bed with them, you're sharing the most intimate parts of your life with them. It's these small things that, man, they build up so fast. And me being a growing follower of Jesus, am not very good with letting small things go. And I'm still growing in that. I need to be proactive and be honest with my husband and tell him these small things that are bothering me. And then obviously big things too. That's good. That's good. That's good. Steven, what would you add to that? Yeah. um, I would say something that has been helpful for me is being an active learner and being proactive in learning how my wife communicates. Uh, We think of communication and we focused on it today because a lot of communication is verbal. But there's a lot of communication that's not verbal in marriage. And I think it's been trying to learn how can I communicate to Emily the fact that I love her? Is that by saying the words I love you? Or is that by listening to her and doing things that I know will prove the love to her Mm -hmm. that I have for her? And um, especially recently in the past six months, we've been able to communicate some really deep things in our marriage to one another. I would say the past, I mean, hopefully this is, always true that the past six months of your marriage are the best that you've ever had. But I like for Mm -hmm. like legit for real, like the past six months of our marriage have been been the best that we've ever had since we've been married because we've been communicating very deeply about things. But then I've been trying to learn how can I communicate back to her these things? And maybe that's verbal, but often with Emily, it's not verbal. And she would tell you that often it's learning to say no to somebody Mm -hmm. and to spend the time with her instead of that other person. Or maybe it's doing something around the house to prove things like that. And so (laughs) that's been like proactively, (laughs) (laughs) that's been proactively something that I've been trying to really work on is being proactive in that and learning that. And then not just learning it, but then trying to do it and I do it imperfectly, but still trying to put it into practice as much as possible. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Babe, what about for us? Um, I think, and kind of going off of what Steven said, I mean, do some work on on what you need and what your spouse needs and do like some research. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about, I mean, almost like a research project, like you're figuring all these things out, like how they want to be loved. What are practical ways to show them? What do I need out of a relationship? What, what am you know, what's going on in on in my head when this such and such happens. And I think all of that proactive, like kind of knowing where you're coming from, knowing where your spouse is coming from, that's just setting up that foundation, um, you know, for future discussions, arguments, trials, right. like you, you get that a little bit, you know, um, you know, while you're dating and, and you're building up this this foundation, like I was saying, but but it's building that for those major moments mm-hmm. because, right. you know, of course, you can go through trials when you're dating, but but there's just a difference when you're 
when you're together and you're going through something as a couple because mm-hmm. you've got two people who have learned to communicate in totally different ways through their families and their lives. And mm-hmm. you're having to come together and all of a sudden figure it out together. And so I think knowing yourself and in your history too, that and knowing your family. Us, I think because our both totally of us grew up different. in totally yeah. different families That's so mm-hmm. with families mm-hmm. that communicated totally, totally different. different. Yeah. And yeah. you know, there was a lot of things early on in our marriage where I was like, Hey, we're not embracing this or that. Yeah. Or, and there's things in the past year, yeah. like we've kind of figured out about how yeah. You know, we communicate differently. Yeah, I mean, you're constantly learning things, and I think that's the point. Yeah. You should constantly be learning about learning about your spouse and about yourself. And and um, and I think another thing going off of yourself is is having that good relationship with Jesus Christ and getting fulfillment and um, you know peace from Him. That's because right. I, I know there are so many times when I am struggling or when we're, you know, having a rough patch or, you know, I am more upset, it's because, you know, I'm I'm not taking mm-hmm. time to develop that relationship. And if that relationship with Christ is not first and foremost, no other relationship is going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And and that goes for and I, I think we said this at the beginning, you know, all these relationships are so important, whether it's friendship whether it's with your family your spouse within the church fa- church body of Christ these are also important and communication is is part of all of them um, so it's worth the work to mm-hmm. communicate well and to to know what you need and to be able to share that with others you know yeah because you're able to flourish in a relationship with somebody whether it is your spouse or a best friend or somebody in church like you're you're able to you're able to flourish in that relationship because you're giving uh from Christ, right? I mean, like what, you know, if, if you, if you root everything in that relationship, I know that like moments when I'm not having a good relationship with the Lord, like that, that, that flows out into every relationship mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would just say adding to that, and I would totally agree with you that probably a couple really things, big things that have helped our marriage since we've been together is two of them in particular. One, you really already alluded to it, which is just know your communication style and the style of your spouse and being able to work through that. I, I know we've done some really practical things, her and I, with like the Enneagram and thinking about like, you know, yeah. regardless of what people think about that, it, it's just a tool in my mind yeah. that gives you opportunity to to work through how you to talk about some stuff. Um, and, and even then, argument styles yeah. too. Oh, I think argument, that's very yeah, important. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if we have time for that right well, yeah, here. Knowing your spouse's personality, personality though, will help you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think too often we think of it like we're in a vacuum and it's like right. we, we're just two people and we should be getting this. Well, no, like you're dealing with somebody who most likely, not all the time, sometimes people get married and they're very similar, but generally people are very different when they get married. Opposites mm-hmm. do attract. And it's right. a cliche, mm-hmm. but it's true. <laughs> and it helped me working through some of the things about Emily's personality and understanding, oh, her brain works completely different than mine. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And my brain works completely different than hers. Keeps and it spicy. Figuring that out, though, <laughs> solved a lot of communication problems. Because right. then it was like, oh, she really doesn't actually like 
dislike me. Sure. She's just thinking <laughs> this way and I'm project like what you said yeah, earlier, projecting. Mm-hmm. Jessica and I are the same way. We're polar opposites when mm-hmm. it comes to like a personality thing, when it comes to any of those things like Yeah, so unfortunately for marriages where you did marry the same person, we can't speak to that. Neither yeah. of these couples can. We both Sorry, <laughs> we both did that opposites attract. <laughs> but I think in that it like it showed me that like when we're working through something, Jessica sees things a hundred percent differently than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Like she's coming at it a different way. She's bringing all of those emotions and thoughts and and if we are able to work together through it mm-hmm. like it's so much more powerful because yeah. i feel like we we both well represent uh that i would just say the second thing is that someone gave us this marriage advice years ago before we ever got married and that was every three to four months specifically within ministry now i think you could apply this everywhere but specifically this was somebody who had been in pastoral ministry uh, their their encouragement to me was aaron every you know three to four months take two nights at least of just a reset together with your spouse Mm -hmm. and man we've not been perfect in that like the calendar hasn't always worked out that way but we make it in in our aim every year that we're that we're building within our our schedule our yearly calendar moments when we're just getting away so we have you know we have a date night Mm-hmm. And a couple date nights throughout the month, which are good little moment resets. But I know for her and I, like some of the biggest breakthroughs in communication have been on those little retreats together where we've been able to have the time to be able to communicate and work through and something. So those are like intentional. Oh man. Yeah. We are leaving yeah. to yeah. work mm-hmm. on communication or to just yeah. reconnect. Yeah. So and those it, are super intentional. And our anniversary is actually at the beginning of the year. So it, it honestly kind of works out when oh, we yeah. take our anniversary trip. It's kind of like a recap like what worked here what didn't and then how are we going to move forward you know like yeah in the year one last thing too that i was thinking of that i completely forgot to mention but that has probably helped our marriage so much and this has been this summer is um i'm going to start taking an annual trip every year with my wife where i don't have my cell phone Mm -hmm. and i did that back in um when was a couple weeks ago yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> Times have blurred me right but, now. <laughs> um, that was probably, I would say, easily top three best things that we've ever done for our marriage. Yeah. Easily. Um, and obviously, you have to do a little bit of pre-work there. You have to let people know. You have to have a secondary source of communication to so make sure you have some phone because you don't want to get stranded. <laughs> uh, but if you do the pre-work, it was so helpful because I was able to be there for her and we decided after that that like this has to happen like on an annual basis. Like oh, you can't do it all the time, especially as a pastor, because people have to get hold of you. But once a year, there can that's be good. a few days where that happens. So just real kind of rapid fire here before we sign off. Any really good resources that you're like, hey, this has been a help to us in our marriage that you would like to send somebody to maybe go check out? Well, the Bible. Uh, but, Solid, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Just Good kidding. Uh, tongue in cheek, okay? Uh, for real, though. That, really that, that has been ultimately hey, the best. If you haven't, if you check haven't. It out. Check yeah. it out. But um, again, probably wouldn't necessarily endorse the 100% of what everybody says, right? Just saying right. that up front. But yeah. what we found very helpful is a lot of the stuff put out by Gary Chapman and Five Love Languages. Um, again, you you can take systems too far, right? Mm -hmm. So like, don't buy all the way into human systems, buy into the Bible and then use human systems for what they're effective as. Mm -hmm. But that has helped us a lot in learning how each other communicates is working through some of the ways that he talks about communication. And then also the book that we're reading through right now, and we haven't finished it, but what did you expect by Paul Tripp has been fantastic so far. So those Mm -hmm. would be my two. I've read that. It is a good one. 
Have you read it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's yeah, really good. Um, I've got a few. One of them is a podcast. It's called the Naked Marriage Podcast, and it sounds risque because some of it is risque. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a marriage podcast, so if you're so not, if you're not married, married, don't listen to it. Don't listen <laughs> to it. That's what we're saying right now in the podcast. But, I mean, they go very detailed in communicating every single aspect of your marriage. God created us to be naked in every. That's how He created us, and so in your marriage. There should be nothing that is hidden. Everything should be open. Everything should be up for grabs. That vulnerability. And that's terrifying. But that's how it should be. Um, Right now I'm going through two books. One of them is called Praying God's Will for Your Husband. And that's kind of just like a book that you don't really finish. It's got a bunch of scriptures that you can pray for your husband. That's just really great. And then The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy. I think it's O'Martin. I'm not really yeah. sure. sure. Um, the spelling is O'Martian, but I think it's O'Martin yeah. is how you pronounce it. <laughs> no <I idea>. think. <laughs> but so far, it's been really great. I, I've just barely started it like a week or so ago. And as you can tell, I am learning how to pray for my husband because I've been really not good at that. Um, but I, I'm learning and I'm in the process of realizing that the best communication I can have for and with my husband is when I'm talking to God about him, for him whatever it is, and also talking to God about me to be everything that I'm supposed to be, free of sin, I mean, all the things to be what I need to be for him. Steven's giving me a sign to stop talking. (laughs) Good communication there, baby. (laughs) You were supposed to say anything. It was (laughs) nonverbal. You made it verbal. I know, but I'm going to bother you. That's good. Do you have anything? Um, The only thing I'm going to give is, and it kind of goes back to where we were talking about, we kind of have that annual like recap is and what we have used many times uh, we use something a little different this year but um jenny allen who's a bible study author mm-hmm. and teacher she releases something every year that i think it was used to call be called the dream guide i think it's now called the life inventory oh, yeah, and you kind of you sit down you know it's a printable you sit down you go through it it's kind of recapping this year like what worked within our family what worked within our finances ministry um and then you're looking forward to the next year and it kind of just gives you that nice outline, you know, and you're answering these questions, but it gives you a kicking off point, um, which I think is so helpful, you know, for that. Because you answer personally for both of us. Yes. And then mm-hmm. we have a and chance to kind work. Of compare you compare it. notes and work. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would I would highly recommend that. So, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us here on the podcast today. We're so glad uh, to have our wives uh Jessica, Emily, thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. Never again. Oh, come on. We'll have to have you Actually, guys back. Actually, this was a lot easier. It was. Yeah. It was a lot yes. easier once you got over the we have good, mics. We and... have good coworkers yeah. here. <laughs> well, we've really enjoyed being with you guys this morning, of course. And uh, we're glad that you, the listener, have been with us. Uh, hope that this has been an encouragement, a help to you. And uh, we hope you'll join us here next time on the podcast. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Hey, listen, if there's anything we discussed today on the podcast that you would like to know more about, be sure to reach out to us on social media, on Facebook, or on Instagram. You can also find us online at whereweland.org. Well, listen, we hope you'll join us here next time. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Mm-hmm.